Thank you guys so much. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Um, man, I don't know if you noticed this, but it was cold outside today. Somebody made fun of me with my bald head. They're like, how are you standing out here in the cold with a bald head? Doesn't all your heat escape? Yes, it does. The answer is yes, okay? Yes, I feel the cold. Uh, some people make fun of me because I'm from Michigan, and they're like, man, shouldn't you be used to this? I'm like, listen, I have a body just like you. It acclimates to weather wherever I'm at, okay? So it's cold when it's cold, and it's hot when it's hot. I feel the same weather you do. Uh, but anyways, I'm, uh, I'm thankful that you guys are here. Um, man, uh, this storm was kind of crazy, knocked out some power, um, and the drifts are incredibly big. My, my uh, two little boys uh, found some drifts and made some tunnels through them um, here out in the parking lot, actually. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a mess this, uh, this week, but um, thankfully, uh, Cam came to the rescue, right? I love that there's people in this place, there's people that are part of our, our church family who want to be able to meet and to gather on the weekends and, uh, and to praise Jesus together. And so there's people who give of their time and their energy uh, to be able to clear the parking lot. And it all melted, thankfully, except for the little corner, saw some people uh, shoe skating, not ice skating, shoe skating, some people even sliding. Uh, but man, we're glad you're here despite the weather, despite everything that could have kept you home today. I'm glad that you're here. It's good to see all your faces. Uh, if you're new with us, we want to connect with you. Um, and one of the one of our greatest joys is to connect with people and to walk alongside people as uh, as they discover life and discover uh, who God is and uh, who He created them to be. And one of the best ways that we can do that is if you go online to our website, mybethel.cc forward slash connect. Um, if you're here in the building. Uh, there's some information on the seat back in front of you that you can uh, check out and just get our get your information to us so that we can connect and see how we can better serve you. Uh, that's really what we want to do. We want to walk with you uh, on the journey of this that we call life. So um, if you if you haven't connected with us, we would love to to connect and get in touch with you this week. Um, we are getting ready to hear a message from from Pastor Ray. Uh, they're doing well. They're they're back home, uh, but I'll give him uh, the opportunity to share with you what's going on uh, in in his life. So, here's here's an update from Pastor Ray. Hey Bethel family, so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here at Bethel Community Church. Man, we've got a a great month uh, lined out for uh, our church. Uh, interestingly enough, this is something God has had planned since last year. I've uh, been thinking about uh, February and thinking about how we wanted to uh, share kind of our vision with the church. And this month starts off, uh, today starts off a series of messages uh, with some guest speakers called Love Made Me Do It. And I'll give you some more information about that here in a minute. Uh, love is an interesting thing. Love makes us do all sorts of crazy things. But more than anything else, love, not the romantic kind of love or not the brotherly kind of love but more that action love that that love that motivates us to take a step forward kind of action it's the same love that god had for the world when he sent his son jesus and so this month is the month about love made me do it that active love um, i just want to tell you so much uh, thank you so much about um, your prayers uh, your support your love for our family what a blessing it has been. Um, God has been showing up in miraculous ways uh, this month, this past month. Uh, as you know, one month ago, we found out that Christy had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, ever since then, it's been kind of an up and down roller coaster of emotions and uh, fear and some anxiety and some just some uncertainty. And as we've stepped into this 
this new stage of life. Uh, Chris, you've done so well, and a lot of that has to do with your prayers. Uh, a lot of that has to do with your um, asking God uh, to perform miracles. Uh, we've seen him do some amazing things in the last few weeks, uh, just with Christy and her health and her body. Uh, the most recent one uh, that I have, uh, that we just found out about is our pathology came back on the, the mass that was taken from her stomach last week. Uh, she had a surgery where they opened up her, her abdomen and they took her spleen and part of her pancreas and, and also a mass there. And, um, and then they reconnected her colon. Uh, really everything we prayed for, as I said last week, was answered 100%. The, the pathology on the, on the mass came back uh, this week and it said that there was no viable lymphoma. Um, I don't really know exactly what that means other than there's no cancer present in that mass that they took out. Um, it's all dead cells, uh, completely gone. Uh, this is something that we were super unsure about, so I talked to the oncologist and talked to the, to the surgeon about what this means. And uh, both of them said, we don't have an answer. Uh, we don't know what it is. We don't know why it's like this. And I asked them, I said, well, do you think it could be 20,000 people praying for Christy and, and uh, standing behind her uh, with spiritual uh, prayers? And they're like, well, we don't know. The, there's no answer. And so uh, really excited about what God's doing with Christy and how God has um, been with us the whole time. Uh, we are home now. Uh, thank goodness we got to come home on Thursday. And we're so uh, thankful to be in our own home, uh, sleeping in our own beds uh, around our kids that we haven't seen in so long. Um, and so this last couple of days have been a great time of refreshment. Uh, we've slept super well and uh, Christy's got an appetite back. And so we're trying to uh, make sure we, we feed her what she wants. Uh, so continue to pray for her. Uh, I feel like we're kind of at the kind of a crossroads in, in the journey. Um, it's not over yet, it's not done, but uh, it, is a, it is a crossroads. So if you pray for Christine, pray for her, her health, that she would recover completely from the surgery, uh, that the, the wound would heal, that the inside uh, would heal, that all the, all the organs would begin to function properly. Um, and if you'll continue to do that, we really, really appreciate it. Um, so Christy says hi, uh, she misses you, just like uh, though I miss you, uh, but we are thankful for a church that would stand behind us and are thankful for a church that would still continue to move forward, loving and leading one another to find and follow Jesus. Um, there's a couple things I wanna announce before I introduce our speaker for today, our guest speaker. Um, first is our Spanish service, it's gonna be the 27th of this month. Um, this is something we've been planning for a while, so part of our love made me do it, is we're gonna step out of our comfort zone a little bit in our second service of the 27th, or the 11 o'clock service, will be bilingual. It will be Spanish and English. Um, also, this will start a process. The last Sunday of every month will be a bilingual service on the 11 o'clock hour. And so mark your calendars, invite friends. Pastor Ruben has an event on Facebook if you'd like to share that uh, with your friends and family. Um, also, if you'll like the, the image, uh, we have uh, some cards that we're gonna be able to pass out and invite people. Um, also on our website, we're gonna have information as we get closer to it, but this bilingual service is an answer to prayer. It's also, we feel that God has directed us to do this, to love and lead our community, uh, to find and follow Jesus, and we're really, really excited about it. I've heard that many of you are starting to learn Spanish, which is awesome, so uh, that is a great tool, and it's a great uh, benefit for our church, so thank you for your interest in that. Um, also, I wanted to mention next Sunday, uh, during the service, the second service, and towards the end, there was a a, a blood drive and the blood drive is part of our love made me do it for the month and this particular blood drive is extra special for me because all the blood that's donated will be donated in Christie's name will help our family 
she had several transfusions and we're grateful for donors that gave uh, their blood uh, so that Christy could continue with blood and continue living. And so uh, we're grateful for that. So this Sunday, the 13th, if you go to the OBI website and do a search for Bethel Community Church, you'll be able to sign up there. Uh, they also take walk-ins, but you may want to sign up uh, just in case that it's going to be busy that day. So the 13th, um, love made me do it. And if you, if you can give blood, if you'd like to donate blood, all the blood donated will be donated in Christy's name. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, that's a blessing for us as well. Um, well, today I get to introduce a real good friend of mine, um, Tom Arnold. Uh, Tom Arnold is the pastor of the Good News Church here in Yukon. Uh, I met Tom uh, five years ago, actually this month, five years ago at a prayer meeting. Uh, we had a pastor's meeting and, and I met him, big tall guy, and he was just recovering from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so when I met him, I had kind of an immediate um, friendship with him. Uh, as you guys know, I had Hodgkin's disease when I was a, a teenager. Um, he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then now my wife has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So we're kind of like this, um, kind of like a club, you know, that uh, is recovering from from cancer. And so Tom Arnold is such a such a neat guy, great uh, great spirit. He's got a loving, um, he's got, he's got a love for Yukon. Um, here's here's the thing about Tom is that I call him the Godfather, and uh, the reason I call him the Godfather is he has been in Yukon forever. He's the one of the longest tenured pastors in Yukon, loves this community, and has done a great job reaching into the community with the good news of Jesus Christ. And then also just the camaraderie he has with, with other churches. And so really, really uh, proud to uh, present to you Tom Arnold, uh, my friend, uh, pastor, and uh, just a good friend of mine that he wants to share with you this morning how love made you do it. So let's get started. Well, good morning, Bethel family. How are you doing today? Well, I'm just so honored to be here again. As Ray said, my name is Tom Arnold. I'm the pastor of Good News Church here in town. Ray and I have a friendship that uh, has gone back five years, and we're just so blessed to have that. We have a small group of pastors that get together and share. And so, you know, for him to be able to ask me to come today uh, is a great honor because I know whenever you give your pulpit away, for a Sunday, you just don't want to spend the next three Sundays trying to clean up the mess that the guy made, you know, so, so I'll endeavor to do that. So all of those that are watching online today, I just want to welcome you to this service today. also want to say hello to Ray and Christy and just let you know, Ray, that we love you. Christy, we're certainly standing with you today, and it's my honor to share what I'm calling my cancer story, and I'm going to share with you a story it took place six years ago. Six years ago, I had what we call a routine doctor's appointment, meaning you're just going to the doctor because it's on the calendar. I went there. I told my wife, I think I'm going to cancel this appointment because, you know, why do I need to go? And she said, oh, it's already scheduled. Just go ahead and follow through. Just, you know, if you cancel this one, it may take you a long time to get another one. So I followed through on that appointment, and the doctor and I are visiting, and then towards the end of that visit, he said, now, do you have any pain anywhere? And I said, well, I've got some pain, and, and he said, well, let's check it out. And through a series of events, and 
sending me through a scan and various things, he came back and he said, there's something there and I really feel like we need to do a biopsy and have pathology report to find out what's going on. And so I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. Um, of course, he said this actually, because this is the man response. He said, well, why don't you check into doing that? And of course, you know, most of men are, sure, we'll go ahead and check on that. And of course, my mind thinking, I'm not going to follow through. And then I started to have more pain. And I thought, well, I am going to follow through on this. Long story short, I did have a biopsy. I did have pathology. And it came back as non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. My son was playing in a basketball tournament. We have three boys that will be at the 11 o'clock service. But we were in Dell City at a basketball tournament between these first game and the next game we'd had lunch and I'm at a McDonald's parking lot there's a telephone call that comes up on a Friday evening and you know if your doctor calls you on a Friday evening how many know that's usually not good news you know and so I'm looking there and he says Tom it's some form of lymphoma and uh, I'm listening to him and he said this is going to require chemical treatment I always remember the way he worded that chemical treatment that sounds a little more calm than chemotherapy, doesn't it? And so I went through that, and I went back in the McDonald's where my wife and kids were. Our kids at that time were nine years to 14 years of age. And, and so, you know, we're in this situation where I'm just trying to not scare anybody, not alarm anybody, but we weren't thinking non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So what happened was my wife, I told her, I said, you know, it was the doctor calling to say that was lymphoma, that biopsy was. And so we went to this basketball game, we come back home, and of course we did what Ray and Christy are doing right now. You're seeking the Lord, you're looking for God's direction, you're trying to hear direction from the Lord during that season. And so... Um, I want to read a scripture to you today, and the scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So my motivation today is for Ray and Christy to comfort them with the comfort I receive, but it's also my motivation to comfort you as a congregation. And Paul said that when one person in a family, when one person in the body of Christ suffers, everybody suffers. And so this isn't just Christy's battle, but it's collectively. We're a, we're a body of Christ. We unify together, and we want to stand with her during this season. So for me, this was obviously a very challenging time. Fortunately, I did have family, like Christy has family standing with her. I had church family that stood with me. I endeavored to be very transparent with our church family. So I was diagnosed with the exact same, not only big picture non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but there are various facets of that disease, and mine was diffuse large B cell. That's exactly what Christy was diagnosed with. Also today, um, the pastor at Cowboy Church, Canadian County Cowboy Church up on Main Street, is Terry and Evelyn Hill. And Terry has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he's going through RCHOP, which is the regiment, the chemo regiment that uh, Christy is going through, what I went through. 
And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about this non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, this diffused large B cell. It's the seventh most common cancer for men and women in the United States. It's a cancer of the immune system. This might help you to have some understanding. It's a cancer that develops in the lymphatic system. And of course, the lymphatic system is the body's germ-killing immune system. It is a blood and lymph node disease. Average age is about 66 years of age, slightly more common in men than women, and um, more common among Caucasian than other races. It also is a, it's a treat, treatable disease, and it's a curable disease. Now, when Terry Hill up at Cowboy Church was diagnosed, initially they thought this was pancreatic cancer because there was a large mass on his pancreas. And so initially they diagnosed Terry with pancreatic cancer. And so Terry told me personally, he said, whenever they came back to me and they said, this is not pancreatic cancer, it is a mass of lymphoma that's attached to your pancreas. And the doctor let him know that, hey, trust me, you know, this is good. This is, this is a treatable and a curable form. And so I say this to you to say that, yes, it's a battle. I'm not trying to minimize the battle because it is an intense battle. The chemotherapy regimen was intense for me. I have other friend, another fr friend that has endured this, and it's intense. But I'm, I'm saying this to you to maybe help educate you and to know how you can come alongside Ray and Christy and just be a real partner with this to where as they get through this, you'll be able to say, I was with them every inch of the way. And I just want to say this. You'll always remember people that stood with you during a fight like this. I mean, you'll always remember the kindness of people that were there for you when the chips are down. Now, for a pastor, it's a bit of a challenge whenever you're used to going to the hospital. For example, in my case, driving to Mercy Hospital and parking in the chaplain or the clergy parking parking lot. It was a real switch for me to go to Mercy Hospital, and I'm no longer parking in the clergy parking lot. I'm parking in the patient parking lot. It's real different when you go to the hospital and you're no longer visiting people that are, you know, going through treatment. You're going to the hospital because, see, now you're a patient. You're going through inpatient. But, you know, Ray and Christy have given their whole life to ministering to other people. So this is your opportunity to say, we're going to minister back to those that have spent their whole life ministering to other people. And that's so important that you do that. So... This is a picture of me when I was going through chemo here. This is uh, actually six years ago. I was in February of uh, 2016. I'm, I'm uh, there, and I'm, I lost my hair. And somebody said, well, that's not a big deal. All men, many men lose their hair. But it's a little different when you lose it in 21 days. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the, the acclimation to that. It's just, bam, it's gone. Now, my doctor kind of tricked me. He said, Tom, I tell you what, all the hair you keep, all the hair you keep after six to eight weeks, you'll be able to keep that for the endurance of your chemo. Because he knew there's about a 95% chance you're going to lose it, you know. But anyway, so I, I lost my hair, but I didn't lose my joy. I endeavored to try to look to God to be the strength of my life. Um, so I had a wonderful oncologist, and I consider him a friend today. I consider my oncologist 
kind of a pastor. In fact, I teased him. I texted him last night and told him about me being here. And I said, you know, I, I call him Pastor Kiefer. His name's Dr. Michael Kiefer up at Mercy Hospital. And maybe you've gone through cancer. And as I tell these stories, you'll know that an oncologist develops a really unique relationship with a patient during chemo. Um, while I was going through this treatment, I asked Dr. Kiefer, I said, Dr. Kiefer, you know, just talk to me and, and give me some suggestions. You've been in this well over 30 years. And he said, Tom, you're going to deal with two things. Um, one, you're going to deal with dis-ease. That's the emotional side of things, dis-ease. Meaning, you know, you're, you're, you're troubled, you're concerned, you're you feel like there's one mile of road and there's two miles of ditch every day. You know, you're, you're making progress, but there's a lot of opportunities to be alarmed. And then he said, of course, then also you're dealing with disease. You're dealing with the, the physical side, but you're also dealing with the emotional side. They're running parallel. And that's so true that you do deal with both of these. I mean, you deal with the physical side. You deal with the emotional side. And I'm sure that as Ray and Christy are listening to me this morning, they're saying, Absolutely. You say, which one's worse? I mean, they run parallel. And so one way to pray is not just for the physical side of Christy, but to pray for the emotional side and to pray for her that God will just comfort her with supernatural grace and peace in her life. And then the second thing the doctor said to me, he looked at me, and of course I'm a pastor, and he's a Christian man, and Dr. Kiefer said, I'm going to give you another piece of advice. Don't worry. Of course, when he said that, you know how you kind of bristle back like, is that really appropriate to say that right now? You know, And he looked at me and he said, don't worry. And then he said, look, I didn't say that. Somebody else said that a long time ago. The Lord himself said that, that we've got to cast our care upon him. We've got to look to him. And so he just wanted to assure me that all the worrying is not going to help the situation. Well, Right before I went through chemo, of course, I'm really praying, seeking the Lord, endeavoring to hear from the Lord. And the Lord just kept taking me back to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how that they went through the fiery furnace. They did go through the fiery furnace. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. But the Lord reassured me that they weren't afraid about it. It was like the Lord said to me, it was like in my heart, it was like, Tom, just like they were not afraid of the fiery furnace, don't be afraid of this chemo. And I can't tell you every day I mastered that, every day I was perfect in that area. But I had this abiding peace that I'm going to be with you through this season of your life. I'm going to be with you in this fiery furnace. And, and so, you know, that brought comfort into my life. One scripture I stood on was Proverbs 10, 22. And it says this, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. And so for me, I just continue to stand on this promise that his blessing will be on this treatment. And it won't bring a lot of sorrow. In other words, you, there, there are a lot of side effects you can have from chemo, not only during the disease, but long term. It's funny because when they bring out this chemotherapy and you start your treatment plan, and probably many of you have been in the same situation, they, they bring out this chemo, and they're all masked up, and this is predating, you know, COVID. They're all masked up. They've got gloves on. They're real particular about touching it, and, you know, they don't even want to get close to the bottle or, or, you know, the bags of chemo, and they're very particular. And then they put it on, and then you think, they don't even want to touch it, and they're putting it in me. <laughs> and so you're like going, yeah, this is kind of intense here. This is chemotherapy drug that 
they don't want to have any exposure to, yet it's going into me. So there is a real side to the treatment, but it would be a blessing that doesn't bring sorrow. That meaning long term, I would look back and say, you know what? This was good. God was with me. He was used this drug. Now, your question is, is it effective? You know, I have friends of mine. I have one friend in particular, and he kind of questions, is this even going to be effective? Is this chemo drug, is it really going to be effective and help you? I was on the phone or text a, a lady that I know is a school teacher, my wife and I know, that's in the Yukon Public Schools. And I wanted her to refresh my memory about her non-Hodgkin's lymphoma story. Her name is Christy McCann, and Christy said, you know, I went to the doctor. They discovered a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma tumor the size of a cantaloupe on my kidney. And she said, after going through the R-CHOP, which is the treatment Christy is going through, she said it shrunk down to the size of an apple, and then when they biopsied it, they said, it's just like a bunch of dry uh, scar tissue. There's no cancerous cells in there. So I'm only saying this to you to say that with God's help and with God's blessing, this can be an effective treatment plan. And so we're going to believe together that this will be a successful treatment plan and, and that certainly the Lord is intervening in this situation. With chemo, I'm going to say this just to help. You know, we say one mile of road, two miles of ditch. That's the way you feel like you go. You feel like we made progress. But boy, there were a lot of opportunities to trust God. There were a lot of opportunities to be overwhelmed in the moment. I had a cornea infection. Who gets chemo and has a cornea infection? But the doctor said, he said, you know, that there's about 300 different types of bacteria that are always floating in the eye, and when your immune system evidently was suppressed, and uh, the eye doctor told me there, that you got a cornea infection. I went through chemo, and I had some heart rhythm issues. And the way the doctor described it to me, that sometimes whenever you have other health problems that are kind of, they're there, but they're not real um, obvious. When your body's under pressure and the strain of chemo, it has a way of kind of flaring up other things that could go wrong. And then I had um, some other issues, you know, during this time with headaches that I, you know, that were just unique to that moment. Now, I'm not saying this to put fear on Christy or put fear on the congregation, but maybe I'm saying that because maybe it would have helped me when I was going through chemo to know, even if it's not just totally smooth sailing, God's still with you, this is what I'm trying to say. Even if it's not like you're running downhill the whole way, you know, you need to know that even if there is a bump in the road and even if there are some challenges, God's grace is with you. One scripture that really helped me was found in James chapter number one, verse number two. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when trials of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity of great joy. So the Bible talks about here troubles. Other translations says count it all joy when you deal with various trials. Well, what helped me was when you look up this word trial in the original language of the New Testament, the Greek, one of the uh, Bible expositors, W. E. Vines, gives it this definition. It's a trial with a beneficial purpose or effect. So this word in the Greek means when you go through these tests that have a beneficial outcome or effect. And it was like the Lord was saying, Tom, I want you to trust me that this can have a beneficial outcome and an effect upon your life. When I got a hold of that scripture, boy, that's what I anchored in on, that this will have a beneficial outcome 
The trial will not make us stronger, but how we react in the trial can make us stronger. Some people go through trials and they get bitter towards God. Other people go through the same trial, but instead of getting bitter, they don't use it as a tombstone, but they use it as a stepping stone to say, I'm going to get closer to God in this moment. So I went through this series. So this is a picture of me and my kids at that time. Remember, this is our youngest named John Paul that this is his 10th birthday. He'll be here in the second service, and today's actually John Paul's 16th birthday, and he'll be here. But so here we are, and you notice in my, my right hand here, I've got a ball cap. I've got a baseball cap. That was my best friend during chemo. I wore that hat everywhere. Well, I remember when I had this picture. The first picture they took, I had my hat on. But the second picture, I thought, no, I'm going to take the hat off because one day I want to look back at this picture and I want to be reminded of this season. And I want to be reminded that God was with me during this season. So our family, this was a family celebration. I take the hat off. And I remember deliberately doing that, thinking, I've got to embrace this season of my life. You see, when you go through chemo, your first statement is this. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this situation? Somebody airlift me out of this. But the longer you're in that season, you begin to say, what can I get out of this? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I deepen my roots and go stronger in God? There's a scripture in John 15 that says, the Lord cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more fruit. One of the challenges I dealt with was I felt like the previous year of ministry had been one of my most fruitful years of ministry I'd ever had in my life. And then I go through this, kind of like, what's up? You know, I felt like I had this wonderful year of ministry, and then I'm going through this most intense trial in my whole adult life. And the Lord just seemed like he just kept bringing me to the scripture, Tom, but I can prune things away, and you can actually be stronger. Now, I don't believe Jesus puts cancer on people, okay? He never did that in the gospel. I don't think he's doing it today. But what I do believe is that when we go through challenges, he can take what the enemy meant for evil. He can cause all things to work together for our good. He can, he can do good in the midst of bad circumstances in our life. And so in my case, I'm just like going, Lord, you know, what are you saying to me? And it was like, Tom, you can actually emerge from this being more fruitful than you've ever been in your life. And as I begin to wrap up here, I'm going to read to you a story that I had a friend of mine, just like I'm speaking for Ray today, I had a friend of mine come and speak for me when I was going through chemo. I love this man. He's and his wife and my wife. We traveled to the Czech Republic and ministered seven different times. And he's just a committed Christian man that I consider a true brother in the Lord, and he spoke for me, and he said, this is the message I feel like God has for you, Tom, during this season. It's Mark chapter 4, verse number 35, familiar passage. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Master, don't you care that we're going to drown? 
When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. This friend of mine, Don Swartz, came and spoke at our church while I was going through chemo. And he kept saying to me, Tom, we're going to the other side. It's a storm, but we're going to the other side. What I want to say to Ray and Christy, it's a storm, but we're going to go to the other side. And then every time he would call me, every time he would reach out, Don would say, Tom, before he hung up the phone, we're going to the other side. And then finally he said to me, we're not just going to the other side, but we're going to go there in peace. Because see, Jesus didn't get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he wasn't a nervous wreck, he wasn't frantic. He was in peace when he left, and he was in peace when he arrived. And that became our mantra, that became our desire, that, you know, we will go together in peace. My wife, she prayed so much during this time, and she was the model wife for me. She was a tremendous support, still is. And she said, through it all, she just felt like the Lord just kept putting in her heart, you're going to have to trust me. You're just going to have to trust me through this. And you know, many times we have to learn to trust God even when we don't understand what's going on. On the cross, Jesus asked, why have you forsaken me? You know, sometimes we have those whys. Why is this happening? What is going on? But I've discovered that we don't have all the answers. But what we have to do is live by faith and not by sight and just keep trusting God. So I just want to say for Ray and Christy, what can we say to them in this season? We're going to the other side. We're going to go to the other side. We're going to trust the Lord. And then he kept reminding me, remember, you're in a storm, but Jesus is in the boat. Now, for whatever reason, that is so basic. That's like Sunday school material. But I needed to hear that, that he's right there in the boat in the midst of the storm. What are some lessons I learned as I wrap up? I've learned that there are positives in the negative times of life. No matter what you're going through, God can redeem it. God can use it for his glory. He can use it for your good. Chemo is not just a, a, you know, a, a chemical treatment that kills cancerous cells, but I discovered this in my own life. It killed some other things. It killed sickness. It killed, but it killed some pride. It killed some selfishness. It killed some things that, I don't know, I just feel like on the other side of the storm, I don't want to ever go through it again, but I've learned this. I'm a better person because I feel like God used that season and he redeemed that season. My constant prayer during that time of chemotherapy was this, Lord, may this test be for your glory and for my good. That's what I constantly prayed. Lord, let this be for your glory and let it be for your good. And so I want to say to you today that there's life on the other side of the storm. How can you pray for Christy? Well, you can remind her, Christy, we're going to the other side. You can also remind her of this, that we're praying that you'll have a successful treatment with a successful surgery. I learned it was better to ask people, what can I, 
how can I pray for you rather than to ask them, how do you feel? Because if you ask them how they feel, they feel weak, they feel tired. Chemo makes you feel like gravity's working eight times stronger for you than everybody else. But what you can do is you can say, Lord, we believe this will be for your glory. Here's the final script, or final uh, picture I have. This is our family, Christmas Eve this year. It's our son Luke, is at OSU as a sophomore. This is our son John Paul, that's 16. He's a student at Southwest Covenant. Then this is our son Andrew. He's a junior at Southwest Covenant, age 17. And this is my wife Sharon. Here's what I want to say as a wrap-up. Um, I never thought of this before, but whenever Jesus went through the storm, you know what happened on the other side of the storm? You know, the New Testament wasn't written in chapters and verses, but we have an example in Scripture of whenever Jesus went through the storm. You know what he did? Mark chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus went through the storm, and hear this, he began to minister to people in Mark chapter 5. He met the madman of Gadara. So you know what my prayer for Ray and Christy is? On the other side of the storm, there'll be a lot of opportunities to minister. There'll be a lot of opportunities to help people. There'll be a compassion, a, a, a depth, a seasoned moment in their life that supersedes anything they've known. Now, I consider Ray to be a great man of God. I, I think it's very interesting for me when I go to minister alliance meetings, I see all the young pastors that gravitate towards him. It's, it's phenomenal. It's just so evident, the call on his life. And he doesn't work it up. He doesn't, sometimes I think he doesn't even like it. <laughs> but it's amazing people that are drawn to Ray. And I told him, I said, Ray, I've been around for a while. I've been around this town 30 years. There's a gift here. This predated the diagnosis. I said, there's a gift there, Ray. And I said, I feel like God has something special for you. So we believe on the other side of the storm, there's Mad Man of Gadara, there's a lot of other people that can be ministered to, if you remember, that went to the capitalist, 10 different cities that Jesus ministered into. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for Ray and Christy. And Lord, I pray what Paul prayed, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with every one of them. And thank you for the opportunity to stand with Ray and Christy during their storm. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I think the, the temptation is to, to fear when you encounter things. And fear comes when, you, um, when you're uncertain, right? You don't know what the road ahead looks like. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for, uh, for that, for, for our church family, for, for Ray and Christy, and, and just anyone who's walking through a difficult season of your life. You know, I think, uh, Pastor Tom, thank you for sharing that story about uh, being in peace when they left and being in peace when he arrived. And uh, so I think we can go through some of that stuff, even though we're uncertain, right? The disciples were in the boat and they didn't know what was going to happen. They thought, right, this is it. Like, we're, we're done. We're in this tiny little boat. This is a massive storm. And yet uh, God was still in control, even in the middle of it. So... Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. We're going to the other side. And, uh, and the exciting thing is, when you get to the other side, there's still things to do. Yeah. And I was thinking about the, the, what Jesus encountered.
encounter, and, uh, and I don't know, my mind works in a strange way, but you know, I was wondering what kind of crazy people are we going to find on the other side? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. there's going to be, there's gonna be a, 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 a something to do, going to be a ministry, and that, that's exciting. And yeah, uh, looking for opportunity on the other side uh, of that. Cause, um, and I think that's helpful looking back, going, going through a season of maybe uh, chaos or some challenges is when you get to the other side. Because when you're in the middle of it, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. You right. don't know how God's going to use it. But then when you start to see just the song we sang, like the evidence is, man, it's, it's all around us. And so we can uh, kind of see how God, sometimes he gives us a glimpse into how he's using the different things that we walk through mm-hmm. in our life. Uh, to to bring glory to him and for our good. And so Absolutely, it's a, it's a great and thing. and we've been through, and most of us have have faced family members with cancer, uh, you know, friends, and uh, and I remember back Ray growing up when he was fourteen years old. Yeah. He had he had uh, Hodgkin's disease, and uh, and we we thought, why would a fourteen year old boy that's you know good kid serving the Lord on the mission field uh, have Hodgkin's? And uh, and now we look back, Tom, and see that he was God was using that to prepare him uh, for this part of his journey uh, with Christy. And yeah, uh, cool. and 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 that being said, we just don't know what Christy's going to be used, how she's going to be used in her journey to help other people. And, and I mean, it's we're all we're all connected, and uh, and because we're all part of the same family. And uh, and we we appreciate what God's done in your life. We're excited about what has done in in Ray's life and what he's doing in Christy's life and, yeah. and uh, glad to be a part of it. I mean, he chose us. I mean, he chose you, Tom, and uh, Pastor Tom, and he chose Christy and he chose Ray. And, and, uh, and I hope he counts us worthy to choose us for whatever he wants to do for his honor and glory and to bring people to Jesus. Yeah, and that we'll be faithful in that, in that yeah. season no matter what it is. And don't forget, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. All right.